0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, welcome 8am service and all our people online too. Give all our onlineers still a clap. We love you. All our online service people as well. Thank you, Ben. That was absolutely terrific this morning. Bronnie, the spirit of Christmas. Love it. Too much jingle belling for you, Bron. Might have to tame it down for the 10 (laughs) a.m. Well, church, just before I get into today's message, I just want to show you something on the screen. Project well-being. Everyone say project well-being. Now, this is something that our church is going to be running beginning of next year because we know that the last two years have been really tough, have been really hard, especially on people's mental health. And... I don't know about you, but my emotions have fluctuated from A to Z in the space of seconds. (laughs) And so what our church is doing, we're, we're going to be running a short course, and we're calling it Project Wellbeing, and it's all about taking care of your mental health. And this is going to be a terrific, terrific project to invite a community member, a family member, a friend along to, someone who doesn't normally come to church, someone that you know that might have been struggling in this season, and... The whole idea is they can get practical advice for dealing with all these different emotions and our mental um, health. Um, so, this is for the average Joe Blow, okay? This is for anyone. So, I really encourage you to think about this. It's starting on the 10th of February, going to be in the church cafe, $30. You can register online. But if you want to know any more details, you can check out our church website. Now, Big MZ Marks there is in Blaney, speaking in Blaney this morning. So we'll be missing him, won't we, church? I can see it on your faces. You'll be missing him. I'll make sure I pass that message on to him. (laughs) But how wonderful it is this time of year. Christmas, the most wonderful time. That wasn't good enough. Let's try again. It's the most wonderful time yeah (laughs) not too bad let's see how we go with the 10 (laughs) but it is also I find sometimes the most stressful time of the year and I was at Katara Westfield the other day and Daniel's there got his stress on big time as I was circulating around that car park and I only lived two minutes away from Westfield and I should have walked down (laughs) but my lazy self thought no I'll drive sure enough 20 minutes later A car park appeared. But in that moment, I felt like clocking a few people on the head with some true jingle bell spirit. And so it really is a stressful time, as we are all aware. But leading into this festive season, I'm going to be sharing on this topic, a faith that helps me filter what I say. You might call them curse words. But no one here in our church would call them sentence enhancers. You know, I even had an old school friend one time who was coming to our church for a while. And you'll have to forgive him, church, because we're a very forgiving church. But he was coming to our church for a period of time. And I overheard him one time say to someone else, Oh yeah, Macquarie, I go to, insert expletive, Macquarie. It's such a, insert expletive, place, (laughs) And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's not quite a true representation. His words betrayed him. However, I loved his heart behind it. And so this morning, I want to be preaching on this, the words that come out of our mouth. Do you actually pay attention to every word you say? Do you? No, we don't. The most common form of self-deception is in the way we talk We think we are often spiritual, but guess what? Our words betray us. And I made a mistake when I was a fairly new teacher. I was teaching at a school in London, and I was on a year three class, and this boy was having a very emotional day in my class. And as a newly, as a new teacher, I thought, oh, I'll sort him out. And I said, stop being such a crybaby. Anyway... His grandpa wasn't too happy about this when he got wind of it that afternoon. And in he marched to the deputy principal's office. And then guess who got called in to the deputy principal's office? Not the student, but me. I was the one that, get, that got called in there. And then guess who became the crybaby? Johnny Newsom. You're a teacher, my friend. And you know what it's like. The responsibility we have with our words as teachers is extremely important. Now... But it helped me learn not to let a child's emotions dictate negative language from my mouth. And it also made me realize how careful I need to be with labels. Because labels can stick to us. And labels, if you let them stick to you for long enough, they will shape you. And when they start to shape you, then they can start to define you. And so I even remember being called Elf Ears by a boy when I was at school when I got a haircut. So every time now I get a haircut and I look in the mirror, I think I start to think, gee, my ears do stick out like an elf. And that was just a little label. But we all carry these little things, and they're from words, words that people have said. And so we really do need to filter what we say. Our words can get us into trouble, but guess what? Our words can also get us out of trouble. They can be taken out of context or understood in context. They can be spoken, written, quoted, typed, heard, promoted, paraphrased, copied. And so your communication is actually a whole other layer of creation that God has given to you. Are you using your mouth as a creative tool that's beneficial and constructive for you and for others? You have to learn how to tame your tongue, manage your mouth. We have to do this. And watch our words. And so this morning I want to just give you three powerful reasons why we need to ask God to help us filter everything we say. Leading into this Christmas season. Number one, my tongue helps direct where I am headed in life. In James 3 verse 3 to 15, James goes into detail about what God thinks about our words and what we say. Let's just have a bit of a look at the beginning of this passage of Scripture. Verse three, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. We've all been on the receiving end of a great boast, haven't we? Maybe it was the fish that got away. Well, I tell you, my friends, it was this big. Actually, it was this big. And then in a week's time, it was this big. It was a shark. We've all heard people with their wonderful boasts, haven't we? I've done it many a time. Don't let the truth get in a good way of a story. So I, I have heard from the big Mark Zare himself. <laughs> but if I really wanted to know where you are headed in the next five years... All I would have to do is listen to you over a period of time. That's all I would have to do. Listen to your conversations. Listen to the topics. Because guess what starts to show through? Your conversations, your heart, your motivation, your dreams, your plans. Just a bit of a sentence or a bit of a, fa- of, of a phrase or even a small word can change the total direction of somebody's life. And we saw that recently with Gladys, didn't we, where she got caught out with in a phone conversation and unfortunately for her, she had to face the consequences for her conversation and those actions. Words can keep us on course or drive us completely off course. One of the great examples I love of this in action is in The Lion King. <laughs> Anyway, in The Lion King, when Scar, okay, he comes up to Simba right when poor old Mufasa, has faced and died. And he comes up to Simba and he says to him, it's all your fault. It's your responsibility. The blame is on you, Simba. And Simba goes, what do I do? What do I do, Uncle Scar? And Scar says to him, run, run very far away and never come back. And you see Simba take off and just charge off. And the impact of Scar's voice and what he said to Simba had a huge, huge impact that caused Simba to believe a lie. And for all the parents in the building, I'm learning this as a new parent. Regardless of your child's age, your words remain impressionable on your kids. Regardless of their age, as a parent, you speak into their life will impact on their identity and the way they see themselves. Your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. Proverbs verse 13, verse 3 says this, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. You don't like the direction where you're headed? Guess what? Change the direction of your conversations. The business people in the room, you don't like the direction that your business is heading, start to change your conversation around the business. Start to change your conversations with customers. Start to change your conversation with employees. Start to think about the purpose, what, how you are expressing yourself in your vocabulary, whether you are sowing vision, whether you are encouraging. It can totally change the direction of your business. Okay, number two, everyone say number two. My tongue can destroy what I have. A careless word can destroy an entire life. And James 3, verse 5 to 8, follow me with this. Consider what what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. I think we can go home right there, hey? (laughs) That's some heavy stuff about our mouths and our tongues. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I wonder how many people have let their tongue destroy a relationship. I wonder how many people have let their tongue destroy a marriage, a career, a friendship. Recently, my wife, actually a few years ago, sorry, said something to a friend in the form of a bit of a gossip exchange. And it got taken out of context and then spread around her circle of friends back in Malaysia. And they were pretty unforgiving towards her. And what she needed to do was come to a place of apologizing to them and saying sorry. And I was very proud of her because she did that. And now, when actually, when she spoke, that word has now actually become true. And the person involved is still a little bit unforgiving towards her. But I'm very proud of her because even though she made a little mistake, she's also been able to try and reconcile. And with your words, you can reconcile. You can reconcile your words. But words create a chain reaction just like bushfires. One lie, as we know, can lead to more lies. Don't use gossip to feel favour with man. Sometimes in the workplace, I've heard people gossiping and using information to try and promote themselves in terms of getting more attention and to try and get a higher platform. But what you sow, you shall reap. How many wars in history have been started with inflammatory conversations and words. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says this, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Guess what, church? Without His help, (laughs) you're never going to control your tongue. We need the Holy Spirit's help. We need the Lord to help us. And sometimes He helps us through very humble experiences doesn't he (laughs) we really put our mouth in it sometimes and i've done that many a time but we've got to learn number three my tongue displays who i really am it reveals your character a bit like clark kent and bruce wayne their true identity Okay, that's, that's what your tongue does. It reveals who you really are. In James 3, verse 9 to 12, it says this, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree... Bear olives or a grapevine bear figs, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Your words reveal how spiritually healthy or actually how spiritually sick you may be. And Christmas Eve 2017, let's rewind. It was a terrific Christmas Eve service, Ian Woods. I don't think you would have been here for that service, but it was a It was a very happy, glowing service. You know, the carols were merry. Everyone was in good cheer. However, there was tension between Daniel and Elizabeth Zare. We were sitting in the second row on this side right here. I can even remember it. But there was some underlying tension between us. And this spilled out into the car, just right down there in the car park. And there was an exchanging of words, not very happy words. One minute I'd been singing Hark the Herald, and the next minute, not cursing, but there was the Grinch spirit. Hark the Grinch came over me, that's for sure. And I definitely got a, deserved a lump of coal that year for Christmas. Hey, what's Santa going to do in 2050 when, there's no more, when we're not using coal anymore? Has anyone thought about poor old Santa in the climate change debate? What's going to happen to him? He's going to have to start giving out dodgy wind turbines or something like that, isn't he? No more coal for the bad boys and girls. But in that moment, in the car, Lizzie confronted me on some things that I had said to her. And I realized that my tongue had been an incredible contradiction. And at times we catch ourselves out. We can be hypocritical. And so let me ask you this, how do you talk to people who disagree with you? How do you talk to people who have a different political idea and view to you? Do you treat them as human beings or are they scum of the earth? Do you treat them with dignity and respect still? How do you talk to people who have a different religious view and different religious beliefs to you? Whatever's in the well comes out in the water. And whatever is in my heart will come out of my mouth. Whatever is in the tree comes out in its fruit. So these are my last two, just two thoughts. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit to change your heart. In Ezekiel 18 verse 31 it says this, Rid yourself of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Because offense can have the appearance of wisdom. It can make you feel discerning, but doesn't bear the fruit of righteous living. And most people who are offended tend to have a good reason to be offended. They actually do. Most people that you meet who are offended, they do have a good reason. Now, will you give up that right to be offended? Why? Why would you give up that right, you might be asking? Because offense is the wisdom Of the world. God calls us to a higher, righteous standard of living. Will I give up my right to be offended? Because if you continue to carry offense around, it will spill out of your heart and come out through your mouth and will have an impact on other people. Will you give up your right to be offended? Number two, the last thought. Ask him to help you manage your mouth. In Psalm 141 verse 3, it says, Lord, help me control my tongue and help me be careful about what I say. Can I get the keys? Oh, thank you. God specializes in heart transplants. He's good at doing some work on our hearts. He's really good at it. He does it better than anyone else. And so this Christmas time, I really want you to start thinking about the words that flow and connect from here that come out here. Is there something this morning that you realize, hang on, something that Dan said is really, I need to work on. Maybe it's that offense that I was just talking about. Maybe it's actually a piece of encouragement that you need to give to your daughter or your son. Your stepson, your cousin, is it someone you need to forgive? And the forgiveness might come through an action, giving to them, blessing them, doing something for them. And so right now I'm going to say a prayer that God might reveal something that he wants you to speak. Something that he wants you to say. It could even be in the form of a vision or a purpose for going into next year. Something that he wants you to start speaking out and declaring. So, if you would close your eyes, Holy Spirit, right now, you were the author of life. You did life better than anyone else. You could manage your mouth and tame your tongue. You could confront with a gentle heart. You could speak up. You could encourage. You could believe. You could confess. You could forgive. You could lead people to love with your mouth. You could bring people into purpose with your mouth. And we see that even with the disciples. Drop your nets and follow me. Those simple words totally changed some young men's lives. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you, Father, to just reveal to the people here something that you want them to say this Christmas, something that you want them to speak, a belief a forgiveness, the giving up of an offence. Show them, Lord. Show them, because we need our hearts to be changed, to be transformed in your mighty name.